0: Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to episode 14 of 20 in 20, the rapid fire review podcast from the New Experimental Hours Podcast Network. My name is Pat. I'm your host and today is Thursday, January 21st, 2021. I am broadcasting to you from my basement in Chicago and it is 818 p.m. Whoa, Pat, late. Shouldn't you be in bed by now? Yes, the answer is yes, I should be in bed. But you know? Had Alice home for the whole week. She had a cold. Actually thought it was COVID. Thought I had COVID too. Got tested. It's not, so that's good. But she had to stay home, not infect anyone in her pod. So yeah, I was pretty busy this week. Pretty busy during the day. Uh still managing to record this podcast. I'm gonna get a Friday mailbag out to you. So um not a total wash, and uh we had a lot of fun too. So it was a good week all told, and uh I'm gonna talk about that a little bit more in just a minute for new listeners 20 and 20 is a rapid fire review show i'm going to review 20 things in 20 minutes with the help of my stopwatch one minute per item quick review and then we move on in and out wham bam thank you ma'am okay so i'm going to pull out the stopwatch right now and i'm going to hit start uh joe biden is president now that's that's good i think that's good uh very happy to see Donald Trump out of the white house i mean maybe that goes without saying but so happy definitely feels like a weight's been lifted off my shoulders our shoulders the country's shoulders i know this sounds a little bit hopelessly uh optimistic no i don't have a lot of faith that president biden is going to change a whole lot been critical of some of his decisions in the past in fact a lot of decisions in his past but um it's a new era in politics and hopefully he heeds uh, some of the, um, so he, maybe he pays attention to some of the people who helped get him into office and passes a more progressive agenda than what uh, we think he will. So we're going to keep our eye on him and we are going to uh, yell at him if we need to and we're going to applaud him when we need to and, uh, you know, make sure he does right by us. Uh, We also got to hear from a young poet at the inauguration named Amanda Gorman. She uh, was the inaugural poet. I think she's the youngest person to ever uh, fill that role. 15 years old. Incredible. Um, Major achievement. I was thinking about poetry. It's so rare that we hear poetry as a country all at once. It's so weird for poetry to have that sort of Um, platform. The poetry book I'm reading this week is called Actual Air by David Berman. He was the mastermind behind the group Silver Jews and behind Purple Mountains, a drag city recording artist who took his life um, about a year or two ago. His poetry book is very interesting, very, very different from Amanda Gorman's poetry, and of course it should be when it's being read. um, It could be much weirder. You you don't have to worry so much about how it's being... uh, heard by actual human ears, but um, two ways in which poetry hit me this week, and it doesn't usually hit me at all. I barely ever read it, and I definitely don't listen to it much, so shout out to them. I also want to give a uh, special shout out to anyone driving a car that is an unusual color. I was thinking about how boring we are as a society. Why on earth is every car gray, gold, black, white, silver, silver? Light green, like we need to spice it up a little bit. Let's get some pink cars. Let's get some purple cars out there on the road. Highlighter yellow. I'm talking stripes, I'm talking polka dots. I think if everybody did it all at once, it wouldn't feel so weird, it'd feel normal again, but instead people are afraid to take the leap. No, maybe the time is now. I mean, I grant I have a pretty boring blue car. I think in the future, if there is an option for me to buy one that's a little bit crazier in terms of color, I'm going to take that chance, okay? When I'm in the car, I like to listen to music. I finally got my aux cord working, so you know I'm blasting tunes in the car and just enjoying the ride like I do. The song that really captured my attention this week, as it has many weeks before in my life, is a song called They Don't Know. This song was originally written and recorded by Kirstie McCall, and uh, it was then covered by Tracy Allman, who would go on to... Um, fame as a talk show host, and she also was the uh, first person to put The uh, Simpsons on TV, which is pretty cool. And recently, one of my very favorite musicians, Pete Yorn, covered They Don't Know for his new Covers record, which is on Bandcamp. You can check that out right now. It's very, very good, and I think They Don't Know is the best song he does on that CD. So... um I just I love everything about it. I think it's incredibly melodic, very catchy, great instrumentation, a lot of fun, great beat. Everything about it is right up my alley. So they don't know any of those three artists do a fine job at it. In fact, you should listen to all three at once and see which one you prefer. This week I did a lot of listening to Motown. I ran a bracket on my Instagram in which I had my my followers vote on their favorite Motown tracks. And um And so while I was doing this, of course, I'm listening to Motown. They have a number ones collection on Spotify that is like 10 discs long, many hours, five or six hours long, chronological order of all their big hits. And it is so freaking good, especially like the first two hours from the birth of Motown all the way down through like the mid 70s when Stevie was popping, when he was writing his jams. Oh my gosh. Incredible music. Every song is great. It's like there's no skips. No skips at all, and um, it is really interesting to hear the direction they took the music. Like, the Temptations got weirder, the uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes kind of got weirder, they splintered off, she did her solo thing, then you had the Jackson 5, and that's where I'm going next with this. We're talking about the Jackson 5, huge, huge band in Motown history, and right now they are facing off against Marvin Gaye in the final of the Motown bracket, and I think Marvin Gaye is going to win, but... The Jacksons held their own, despite the fact that Michael Jacksons had a rough go. His reputation is under fire, like it's under siege, and it should be. He did some atrocious things when he was living. I watched that documentary on HBO. It was not easy to watch. It It soured me on some of the records I actually love very much. Thriller, Off the Wall, Dangerous, um, Bad, those four records in particular are amazing. I actually recently sold off my Michael Jackson vinyl collection. I uh, didn't really feel comfortable having it around. Knew it would fetch some money for me at a time where I needed more money, so I sold it. And I didn't look back, honestly. I don't miss it that much. If I ever need to hear Billie Jean, I could just go wander out into the world. Ten minutes later, I'll probably hear it or just throw it on Spotify. Yeah. Pretty shocking development in my vinyl life, but hey, you got to go where your uh, energy takes you. And my energy is taking me to underrated, overrated, properly rated. This week we're talking sharks, the animals, okay? Sharks. Um, Okay, so overrated would be the great white shark. I think the great white shark is a cool shark, big, um, you know, ferocious. Um, It was in Jaws, and it's the most famous shark, and so it's just kind of overrated. It's got to be, you know, it's just there are other cooler sharks out there. The underrated shark is gonna be the tiger shark. Everyone likes a tiger shark, but like, have you really looked at one of those things with those curvy, pointy teeth? Lord, those are some fierce looking sharks. Properly rated, I'm going hammerhead. I love a good hammerhead shark. Why does their head look like that? Who knows? It looks like a dang hammer. It looks like the head could nail in a nail. Wow, nature's crazy, man. And uh, hammerhead sharks are properly rated. I watched a movie on Netflix this week. I don't usually watch a movie. I just kind of had it going in the background when I was doing my chores, washing dishes and so forth. It's called minimalism. Picked it at random. Looked interesting. It was good. It was talking about simplifying your life, downsizing in many respects, getting rid of your uh, unnecessary possessions, buying less, having one car instead of two or three, having a smaller house, all of that stuff. And I thought a lot of it was kind of trite. It was a lot about... Like I quit my job because like I just I couldn't do it anymore, and like finally, at the end they just they touched on people who cannot quit their jobs because they got five kids and how they incorporated minimalism into their life, which I think is interesting, uh, far more interesting than like two single guys who like said, "Why did the guys in this movie uh a have to hug everybody like he's like, I'm a hugger every single time he meets someone new Don't, shut up, no one wants to hug you, you they've never met you. And furthermore, why does every minimalist end up wearing just like a black t-shirt and like blue jeans? Like, it's so boring. Spice it up, man. You like have only three garments and you're going to go with a black t-shirt? That's whack. But, you know what's not whack? If I had just one t-shirt and one hoodie, maybe I'm picking my very favorite Gorilla Biscuits hoodie. (laughs) Could you imagine wearing that every day? I love my Gorilla Biscuits hoodie. I got it when I was maybe 15 or 16 years old. At the time, of course, it was super baggy. I thought, I'll never wear this. I did wear it occasionally, and I, I always felt that it was too big. Now, of course, it's my favorite hoodie. I've gained some weight, gained some height. It looks great on me. The, the quality is very high. I, I think it's a either a Fruit of the Loom or Haynes um, printed by Rev uh, back in the day, like you know, like 15, 20 years ago at this point. And um, it's a kick-ass hoodie, so... If you ever see me in my Gorilla Biscuits hoodie, just take note. You are seeing me in one of my favorite outfits. I like the Gorilla Biscuits too. I like that band. Not as much as I used to, but I like them. They're a good band. You uh, also might see me in a jacket made by the company Black Ice. I actually, speaking of minimalism, when my in-laws were moving out of their house, they were getting rid of some stuff naturally. You got to move out. You got to you gotta get rid of stuff. And I found a ski jacket in my father-in-law's closet. Now, we're, we're different sizes, but... This jacket fit me just right, it's, um, it is this company, Black Ice. I think they must have sold them at like, I don't know, Macy's or Penny's or Kohl's or a shop like that. It's not expensive. You can go on eBay, type in Black Ice down jacket or ski jacket or coat, and you'll find many examples of just like garish 80s uh, coats, but they're pretty good quality considering uh, the price. And they've get, got that vintage flavor and they're comfortable and they're built to last. Like I'm wearing one that's a couple decades old. So give black ice a chance. I think you'll dig it. We also got to give a, um, we're going to give a, a D to amber necklaces. When I was living in Juneau, um, something young parents would do is they would, or all parents, I guess, when the, when they had young kids, like new kids who were teething, they, a lot of kids would be wearing these amber necklaces, like little orange flecks of amber all around their necks and it was said to like impart some energy through the skin and make teething a little bit less painful which is just horseshit like there's there's no it's total it's total crap but like all the parents in juno fell for this and i just realized i've never seen an amber necklace in um in chicago not once it's just not that kind of culture like people don't fall for that crap here um, I'm not saying, yeah, I am saying it's bad. It's bad that Juno fell for that, like that's stupid. you guys wasted your money. it's a choking hazard, it sucks. Amber necklaces get a D and they get a D because like I do like that amber is mined in uh the motherland Poland, you know that polish amber does look pretty if you wear it because it's pretty, that's one thing, but if you think it's gonna help you with teething, you are dead wrong. We are gonna talk about tougho, tuffo- <laughs> oh my. Wow, it's it's kids, it's toddler hour here at 20 and 20. Tuffo rain suits, not much to say about them. Lots of companies make rain suits. Very few companies make them well. Only one company makes them really well, and that's a company called Tuffo, T-U-F-F-O. They come in uh, primary colors, like we have a red one, we have a yellow one, I think we've had a blue one in the past, Um, taped uh, zippers. Super water-proof fabric you could splash in a puddle for an hour and you won't get wet in this thing. Uh, just make sure they're cinched over your kids' boots. Make sure they got the, the right uh, gloves and hat and stuff, and you're good to go. Go play in a rainstorm. All right. Kids love playing in puddles. You know what they also love? You know what adults also love? The Arthur theme. Every day when you're walking down the street, everybody that you meet... As an original point of view. Do you love that song? I love that song. My kids love that song. When you hear that song, does it make you feel better? I think it makes me feel better a little bit. It's got that light reggae that I dare I I don't actually know who recorded the song. I would say white person reggae. It sounds kind of like when uh Blondie or something or even Abba would like put a little like like boom bop, bop, bop. It's got that kind of energy. But uh, again, I don't know who recorded the song. But it does. It's just kind of a loping reggae jam, like something you might have heard in the '80s, and it's so catchy and so positive, and you just can't help but smile when you hear that Arthur theme song. So, giving a shout out to whoever wrote that. I should have looked it up, but um, you know, props to you. Great job on that. Uh, I don't think many kids. I know the kids in my in my ho- uh, house, um, probably white kids, generally speaking, don't really care for kimchi. I had never had kimchi until I was well into my 20s, perhaps even my 30s. What is that stuff? What's kimchi? It's like cabbage that has been, oh, God, what's the word when you put it in? Like, is it like vinegar? I don't even know. It tastes kind of like sauerkraut, but it's like Korean. So the spices they use are, like, way different. It's got a reddish tint to it. I think there's probiotics in it. I think gut health is a term people throw around when they're talking about kimchi, I don't know, man. If I give it to my kids, they'd freak out. They don't want to eat that. My wife doesn't even like it that much. But you know what? I ordered a little bit at a restaurant called, called on uh That's on Western Avenue for my Chicago listeners. And the next day, I was mixing it up with just white rice, a little bit of soy sauce. Ooh, that was a nice lunch. Great leftover. Uh, for me, the uh, stay-at-home dad. You know what I mean? Okay. Another thing that I do a lot of... Uh, that I do a lot in the kitchen is I pop open that Silk, that soy milk, Silk, good brand name, Silk. They have the unsweet soy milk. That's the best one. It's the one without all the sugars and all the additives, okay? It's unsweet soy milk. Uh, it doesn't taste great. It's an acquired taste. After a while, you get used to it. Put it on cereal. Very good for you. Very light. There's not much to it. Um, I dig it. I, I mean, my wife and I, we, we crushed. Two of those every week. And it's the one in like the teal box. I love the branding of Silk. You got the red box. That's vanilla. That's very good. It's tasty. It's not as good for you. They got, uh, they got, oh no, that one's original. They got the vanilla one. I think it's blue. But whatever the case. Uh, Soy milk, you know this is a meat-free podcast, but sometimes I'm even taking it in a vegan direction. Dang, Pat. You're so committed. Yes, I am. Thank you for saying so. Uh, You know what I'm also committed to? Uh, Wearing cool sneakers. Wanted to talk about a sneaker release that's really uh, making the internet go, whoa. It's the Notra uh, Dunks. Notra menswear store, high-end menswear store over on, shoot, what's that street called? It's in, uh, well, anyway, Notra. Look it up on Google Maps. They sell, like, Craig Green, acronym, Vizvim, I think. But they also, it seems like they make their rent and they make a lot of their money by selling, like, Nike Dunks and adidas uh whatever Raph simmons adidas and, and crap like that they're putting out a dunk right now that is just making people go nuts the two colorways are really cool blue and there's a beige one they're both really good the blue's a little better um just wanted to say it is a little strange for a company that is so forward thinking to be partnering with nike i've been kind of hammering this home every episode just saying like really think about who you're partnering with nike has a shall we say, checkered past in terms of its manufacturing practices. So is that the kind of brand you want to partner with? For Notra, the answer is yes. That's okay. It's your choice to buy them or to not buy them. I chose not to buy them even though I think I would have had a shot and could have resold them for a lot of money. That's just not what I do. That's not what I believe in. And so um, I enjoyed looking at the pictures, though. They're, they're freaking cool. They're sexy. They're really nice shoes. Um, bring the manufacturing home and let's talk about that. Uh, ooh, let's keep going. Let's talk about Uno. Uh, I've been kind of talking a lot about kids stuff this episode. And, well, I just played about five rounds of Uno with the kids. And we have a special Uno deck that is specially made for kids. It's got just blue and green as opposed to blue, green, red, and yellow. And it's got a lot fewer cards. And it just, like, kind of streamlines, takes the, takes the Uno in a much more simple direction. It's really fun. The kids really went for it. I played a lot of Uno growing up. It was like a flashback to that. So, just feeling Uno lately. Kind of want to play again tomorrow. I'll let you know next week if, if we end up doing it. Udos, what's up? I also want to uh, say, COVID has been hitting the United States pretty hard. That's that goes without saying. And we um, we had the scare this week. Me and my family. You know, Alice was sick. She was sniffling. She. I felt pretty sick too, and we, we both had low-grade fevers at one point, you know, and uh, I think that qualifies for a uh, COVID test, so we had Kathy, very fortunate, Kathy was able to do the COVID test for us in our car, we just drove over to clinic, she arranged the whole thing, very, very fortunate, very fortunate that those turned out negative, I just want to say, COVID is not gone, yes, keep it up, keep the faith though, I think it's turning a corner, I hope it's turning a corner, it's going to get warmer. We're going to have, uh, well, hopefully a new government pushing through some initiatives to get vaccines in arms, to get gowns for the doctors, to get, you know, proper materials for schools, like all this shit. We need it all, and uh, it's an all-hands-on-deck situation, and I hope that, you know, that we'll, we'll triumph. I hope by summertime we we can smooch our friends and, um, you know sing the Arthur theme song together as a group without masks. And that's, that's my dream. Okay. I also want to give a special rest and shit, uh, to Phil Spector. I got, you got to talk about this. You know, Phil Spector is one of the first producers I ever remember, uh, knowing by name. I love his work. I loved it then. And I love it still. I think he was a genius in his own right. Be My Baby by the Ronettes, the darling Love songs. Like, uh, He's a Rebel. That was the Crystals. But, uh, Christmas, please, please come home. Some of those righteous brothers jams, some of the later stuff with the Beatles and their solo career. Some of my favorite music in the world. Honestly, it's being frank, like the, those Ronettes tracks are, um, fundamental for me, but the guy murdered a person. Like he is a convicted felon murderer and, uh, and he, he, he had mental health issues and complicated legacy. Just celebrate the music on that one, and I will. I do listen to it. And I'll probably listen to that music forever until I'm dead and uh, mingling with Phil Spector in hell because, uh, yeah, well, who knows where we're going to end up? I have an idea in the dirt. That's where I'm thinking we're going. Um, that's it for me. What a positive ending. <laughs> really? Oh, man. Um, but, you know, had fun doing it. Had a great time today. Hope everyone is well. Hope you all take care of yourselves. Hope you all wear your masks. Hope you all are able to see your family in whatever capacity. Just be smart. Just do it well. Uh, There's nothing more to say. Episode 14 is in the can. And I got to upload it because I got a Friday mailbag to complete before tomorrow. Lots of work. um, But it's worth it and I do have fun doing it. So later, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For white and dark chocolate, chocolate, it don't get better than this, chocolate, even Russell Stover, chocolate, and a bag of Hershey's Kisses, chocolate, with Theo up in Fremont, chocolate, the Fast yeah. Brothers in New York, chocolate, a hollow chocolate bunny rabbit, chocolate, and a bag of Hershey's M's, chocolate,